This episode of Internet Today is brought to you by HelloFresh. Remember how we said we had to wait just a few days and see how this Elon Twitter thing was going to pan out? I mean, the information was changing so rapidly. How could we possibly find a, a spot to jump in and talk about things? Something truly monumental would have to happen. Perhaps Elon Musk could publicly humiliate himself once again by appearing to greenlight, enable, and endorse a move that was destined to completely blow up in his face. A near perfect real life example of what could possibly go wrong style foreshadowing. The result was, of course, inevitable, but the speed at which Kanye West was able to go from A, uh, being welcomed back onto Twitter, and B, having his account restricted for violating community guidelines by posting blatantly racist and anti-Semitic tweets, it was truly impressive. And anyone who was paying attention saw this coming. I, I called this shit like the Nostradamus-like figure that I am. I called it like days earlier. I was like, I'm picking up inklings that Kanye West is on some Hotep shit. I can feel it coming. The anti-Semitism is about to happen. Yeah. And it happened even faster than I expected, honestly. <laughs> but I knew it was coming. I was like, oh, yeah, you just, you watch. It's, so, yeah. <laughs> Briefly, though, the latest on the whole Elon Musk Twitter ownership drama is summed up best by saying that because of Elon's attempts to back out of the deal, the worsening economic outlook for the tech sector in general and a potential lawsuit has all resulted in a plethora of issues involving the details of such a large acquisition. But all of these problems have sort of worked out in Musk's favor temporarily because the judge involved in the original lawsuit has essentially pushed back the trial by a few weeks in order to allow Musk and Twitter to come to an actual agreement regarding the acquisition. So find out next on Dragon Ball Z. Exactly. Not much has changed in the grand scheme of things, but uh, that's what's resulted in countless articles last week regarding the news. Yeah, he was basically like, yeah, no, I'll buy Twitter again. And then the financial backers who were invested yeah. in it were like, no, you won't. Mm. But then Twitter was like, yes, you will. But then Twitter was also like, not if you're doing these stipulations. And the judge was just like, hey, both of you, figure your shut shit up. up. Take three weeks, figure it out. Yeah, it turns out like a lot of the, you know, because Elon, he ponied up most of the 44 bill, but like a bunch of other venture capital and whatnot came through with like the rest and those people are all like okay well that you see that was that was april and uh and it's october and i don't know if you've seen the graphs but not good i love rich elon simps yeah they're the weirdest <laughs> ones I'm like you have everything why are you notice me senpai you, i will also buy twitter with why you why are you groveling at the feet of this uh weirdo mm -hmm. but back to twitter itself which is now i guess technically owned, but it's betrothed to Elon Musk. No, it's like when uh, the bank has the title of your vehicle. Yeah. You own it, right? It's but... spoken for. <laughs> yeah. In the midst of his rekindling uh, desire to own this company, he got back to work on making Twitter into something that he can be proud of. And of course, using his successes with Twitter as a springboard to developing X, the ultimate online ecosystem. <laughs> Welcome to X, the everything app. <laughs> Uh, so step one in this process seemed to be an easy way to increase traffic. Uh, be very welcoming back to some of the most notorious posters from the yeah. platform's history. Um, and that would, of course, drive engagement. Now, it's not clear. I don't think Kanye was ever explicitly banned. No, but he just got... He, uh... Yeah, he hasn't. He hadn't tweeted more than like the occasional little update. It was like two years since he tweeted. He just got really into Instagram. I think. Yeah, but uh, so still welcomed back with open arms. Sure. Hey, why? Are, first of all, hmm, weird. Why are you posting all of a sudden? And we'll get to that. But uh, look, these people that Musk is 
based on his own text messages in the trial, willing to welcome back to the platform, they, you know, they say some controversial things from time to time, but they also have, you know, a huge following. And all these lines, they go straight up anytime these people post, whether it's Trump, whether it's Kanye, I mean, the results don't lie. If you look at just the data. Hey, Kanye, welcome back to Twitter, my friend. My friend. That was the reply to Kanye West's return to the platform, a tweet where he talks shit about Mark Zuckerberg, allowing him to be suspended over on Instagram. And what did he get suspended for? What was that? Hey, well, there's a lot to unpack here, and <laughs> we will try to make it quick. Uh, we're not entirely sure what, if any, actual involvement Musk had with Kanye rejoining Twitter, but his quick reply to the post showed that he was at least willing to take credit for it. No, Look, we're all man, here to have fun The man now. is in the midst of uh, a hugely manic episode and he gets off on posting and his ability to post was taken away on one platform mm -hmm. so he went to another platform where he could continue to post yeah. it is really that's all there is to it yeah except it's it's being portrayed as like the kind of kind of the when when this was first announced the elon thing when tucker carlson was like i'm back it's, it's sort of, yeah. it, it has allusions to that. Checkmate, libs. Either way, Kanye just decided to post, and yeah. Musk was like, you see, I've done it again. Uh, meanwhile, Kanye's post was referencing his suspension from Instagram. That's why he was posting on Twitter. A suspension that came as a result of posts where Kanye claimed that Sean Diddy Combs was being controlled by Jewish elites. Yeah, there was that, and just a lot of a lot of other posts, most of which were deleted like fairly quickly, but mm -hmm. just the man's going through one of his Kanye, uh, he's know. going through it. He's going, he's doing the, he's doing the Kanye thing. Um, and honestly, it's like, this is one of the few cases where taking this man's posting privileges away is probably for his own good. Yes. Like you will thank us later mm -hmm. when you are lucid because, uh, yeah, he, he the, the Diddy one was like, clearly was like, okay, we're getting on some like protocols, elders of Zion shit here. Yeah. But there, there were a bunch of other ones that are like, this guy keeps bringing up Jews a lot in conversations that don't really have anything to do with Jewish people. And it's of course on the heels of the very public, uh, worldwide reported on White Lives Matter shirt that he wore with Candace Owens. So like, this is all happening. This is a week of like heightened awareness yeah. for all the platforms in general anyway. So, yeah. The... But the Puff Daddy, the P Diddy, the Diddy thing, uh, that was, I guess, uh, a bridge too far on Instagram. Yeah, so I guess the Puff Daddy thing was in response to statements that uh, Sean Puff P Diddy whatever Combs made about Kanye's outrageous appearance during Paris Fashion Week where he stood alongside Candace Owens, both wearing White Lives Matter shirts. Uh, in a video posted to Instagram last week, Diddy said, I've always been there and I will always support my brother Kanye as a free thinker, but the White Lives Matter t-shirt, I don't rock with it. Don't wear the shirt. Don't buy the shirt. Don't play with the shirt. It's not a joke. Yeah, I, I think that's about as nice as he could put the it. Most delicate way. Like I listen, buddy. We go back a long ways, but I cannot fuck with this at all. My friends have been murdered over. I literally have to make it official that I am distancing myself I am from not it. involved in this at all. Nor do I approve. I do applaud you for at least trying to get Sean Combs's pronouns correct. Yeah. P slash Diddy. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, so it was this video that caused, caused Kanye to, uh, for whatever reason... For whatever reason. <laughs> ...claim that Combs was being controlled by Jewish people, which resulted in his suspension from the platform because he was literally peddling one of the most prolific anti-Semitic conspiracies uh, of all time to his millions of followers. Yes, uh, So pretty much the... The, the, the founding big lie yes. behind, like... <laughs> Uh, just every like hateful movement 
it, going back literally 2,000 years. So with that in mind, certainly a bit odd that Elon Musk would, uh, you know, roll out the red carpet and celebrate Kanye moving over to Twitter uh, for this specific reason, knowing that the only reason he's tweeting is because his he, thoughts were too uh, <laughs> graphic and outrageous for other uh, platforms. Yeah. Yeah. And that's... Th you would assume that Musk would know before posting, but then you would also assume that he doesn't know anything before posting. Um, and I, also maybe just don't post. I think it's been made pretty clear at this point that Elon Musk uh, makes a lot of his decisions... Um, About just, the seat of just, his pants? Yeah, just off the cuff. Uh, yeah, uh, well, this so this is the start of the weekend for Musk on Twitter uh, and the start of the weekend for Kanye not on Twitter uh, because uh, Musk would go on to continue to try and solve the crisis in Ukraine and, and Russia. Not just Ukraine. He's, he's got plans for uh, the South China Sea as well. <laughs> he he, I think they're both on a little something this weekend. It's, it's wild. But, okay, look, like we said, Kanye doing the shirt stunt in Paris, then getting kicked off Instagram, then posting on Twitter and being welcomed by Elon Musk, who is now the owner of the site and is financially liable for its success. I mean, that it's just packing a powder keg, lighting a fuse and running away. It's like Elon, like, give me the ball, give me the ball, give me the ball. Boom. Oh, that's my goal. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a goal. I mean, of course this was going to end horribly, and it did. Uh, within uh, hours of Elon's post welcoming his famous friend back to Twitter, Kanye went ahead and posted even more anti-Semitic remarks, saying, uh, and this is just a quote, I'm a bit sleepy tonight, but when I wake up, I'm going DEFCON 3 on Jewish people. All caps. The funny thing is I actually can't be anti-Semitic because black people are actually Jew. There it is! Also, you guys have toyed with me and tried to blackball anyone whoever opposes your agenda. And in another tweet said, who you think created cancel culture? Hmm. So yeah, welcome back, Kanye. Uh, and yeah, the that's what, like this was when it was fully confirmed that my my hypothesis was correct when he said, well, actually, you know, I can't be anti-Semitic because black people are actually the Jews. I'm like, yes, I fucking called it. He is fully into the black Hebrew Israelite shit. Who you would only really know if you lived in like L.A. or New York City and spend enough time in the uh, downtown areas. Uh, they do love preaching. They yeah they they like to they make big posters and signs and they will they got the megaphones they will happily get in a loud argument with anyone who acknowledges them most people are smart enough to just don't make eye contact and keep moving by but um, it's basically that's just that's just city life in general it's just basically like keep uh, you know you got the nation of Islam which um, you know very attractive to a lot of people on the surface but you, the deeper you go into it you're like oh this is just fucking completely insane. It's like someone took that and they're like, well, maybe not Islam. What if Judaism? And it's basically that. It's yep. uh, they, they believe that the people uh, who today are the Jews are actually imposters who stole that identity from the real Jews, who are, of course, black people, who also secretly invented every major invention and then had that invention stolen from them by the evil whites and Jews. But imagine you're Kanye and this is all real and you're just finding out about it. Yeah, and it's, it's also, it's like... This must be very exciting for him. Oh, yeah, no, he, uh, and this happened, like, this, a similar thing happened to Nick Cannon, like, four years ago or so. With him, it was, like, less so. He just had, he had a guy on his podcast that was going off about that, and Nick Cannon's like, yeah, okay, yeah, like, a little too into the, into the idea, uh, but that lost him, like, a bunch of jobs. Um, it's so funny, I saw a tweet, like, like, right when the White Lives Matter thing happened, someone's like, 
if someone were to ever show Kanye West the protocols of the, <laughs> the elders of Zion, like the world. Well, would that's what happened, and that's like literally what happened. I was like, how did Candace you Owens showed it to him? Yeah, yeah. Well, it should be noted that. It's essentially publicly known that Kanye suffers from mental issues. It's not an excuse. That he has been prescribed medication for. But he has readily admitted in the past that he will go off his meds because he feels as though it ruins his creativity. Which, uh, you know, probably does have some truth to it. But I, that I, is a completely different subject for a different time. I, I don't get the impression he is spending a whole lot of time uh, in the studio right now. It seems like he's mostly just... Um, posting. Yeah, but based on Kanye's own admissions, this is a man who might be aware that he's acting outlandish and chaotic, but literally can't stop himself because he feels like the downsides are somehow worse. It is pretty tough to watch, honestly, but it, it also doesn't completely absolve him of responsibility, no. especially because he has a dedicated and highly impressionable fan base and a bunch of right-wing trolls who reinforce his behavior because it exposes more people to their straight-up racist ideology. Uh, and every time someone tries to snap him out of it, he digs in deeper and cuts ties with them. It, it happened to his own family, and now it's happening to Diddy. Yeah. Anyways, the Twitter posts ended up getting Kanye suspended from that platform as well. Uh, just For his own good, yeah, again. Ju just a day and a half or so after Musk, the owner of Twitter, had publicly welcomed him back with open arms. Truly poetic stuff. Here's the New York Times with more. In a statement, a spokeswoman for Twitter said Ye's account was locked for violating Twitter's policies. A spokeswoman for Meta said it places restrictions on accounts that repeatedly break its rules. Representatives for Ye could not immediately be reached. The restrictions on Twitter and Instagram mean that Ye's account is still active, but that the rapper cannot pose for an undisclosed period. Ye had returned to Twitter on Saturday after not posting for nearly two years. And the reporting also adds that Adidas says that its relationship with Kanye West is under review, with the brand saying the following in a statement. After repeated efforts to privately resolve the situation, we have taken the decision to place the partnership under review. We will continue to co-manage the current product during this period. And Adidas is a German company. So you imagine, like, they like, <laughs> Yo, no, the no, 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 <laughs> no. Yeah. And, but it is kind of funny because this really tells you just how much money the Yeezy brand brings in for Adidas. Because not only are they just simply reviewing their business relationship with him over the uh, anti-Semitism, but he's been shit-talking them publicly for months now. Yeah, saying they like stole from him or something? Yeah, from CNBC, in the past few months, West has gone on a social media tirade against the company, calling out CEO Casper Rorsted and posting pictures of board members. In early September, Kanye posted a doctored image of a New York Times front page falsely claiming Rorsted had died. West responded Thursday to CNBC's story on the latest Adidas statement in an explicit Instagram post saying, Fuck Adidas. I am Adidas. Uh, yeah, so anyways, if this is what we, you know, got out of the first major return to the platform from one of its legendary posters, we cannot wait to see who else Musk welcomes back. Did you see Candace Owens uh, finally addressing all this? No, what'd today? she say? I can't wait. Um, the word gaslighting gets way overused these days, but it is literally Candace Owens on her show uh, gaslighting everybody, especially Jewish people, just being like, I mean, uh, I think you're seeing things that you're just trying to see. Like, I mean, oh, oh, like what is DEFCON 3? That's not really a thing. Oh, you think it means DEFCON 3? Well, DEFCON 3 means that's a defensive posture that militaries do. So what's wrong with Kanye 
defending himself. It's just like, I'm, I'm losing my fucking mind watching this woman just be like, well, I don't know. Like, it sounds I do like, like you're that, the weird one. I do like that it was pointed out that like, yeah, of course he got, you know, DEFCON and DEFCON mixed up, but he went with three because it was in the middle. He didn't know he whether... He didn't know if it was one or five that was the crazy yeah, one. Yeah, DEFCON one is the most, uh, that's the most serious But one. I will say that considering the world now runs on vibes, it should be switched to DEFCON, Defcon 5 because it... It sounds more serious. Five sounds more serious than one in this context. Yeah. And they should change it to Deathcon because Death it sounds cooler. Deathcon. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what a what a wild couple of hours for Twitter.com and its new ownership. Uh, and it's and one of its most prolific posters. Yeah, just real fucked up shit. It was a, it was a hell of a weekend for racism. Like the LA City Council got caught on a hot mic just mm -hmm. being racist in ways that I didn't even know of. Like really just like specific like brown on black forms of racism uh like I, I learned some new slurs that i didn't know about yeah um yeah fucking it was a wild weekend wild weekend for racism yep anyway from one train wreck to another let's check in and see how twitchcon went this past weekend <laughs> it was a weekend it was a crazy weekend all over the place a uh a porn star also twitch streamer uh broke her back or as some have said got her back blown out after jumping into a uh, horrifically designed foam pit that looks like it was a little too shallow. <laughs> uh, just landed right on her tailbone, looks real bad. Um, yeah, and she wasn't even the only one to sustain an injury at the convention. Not even the only one to sustain an injury in the fucking ball pit. Foam so, pit. Foam pit, whatever. Mm -hmm. In any way, needs more foam. <laughs> but uh, let's start out with the fact that the timing for TwitchCon could not be better, as uh, the in-person event took place in beautiful downtown San Diego, just a handful of days after a veritable civil war broke out on its platform between a dozen or so of its most prominent streamers. Uh, then the company announced a reduction in pay for its biggest creators across the board, and a top-level executive left the company over what appeared to be disagreements with how the company treats streamers. Anyway, come on down to TwitchCon and meet <laughs> everyone that you've been parasocially involved in the drama of in real life. Yeah. What a week it's been, everyone. Let's go meet in real life. And uh, no, there will not be enough water, and no, we don't know what the fuck we're doing. You will be in line for a whole day. Here's a piece of bread with some cheese on it. What? It worked for fucking Fire Festival? Yeah. You'll eat it and you'll like it. You're Di lucky we're even having this. Oh, you're disabled? Well, I guess you're fucked. <laughs> out of luck. Go enjoy beautiful Coronado Island. We've just been handing out disability passes to anyone who asked for it. We didn't know there was going to be actual disabled people here. Uh-huh. Anyways, at its core, TwitchCon did what it always does. It threw lavish, invite-only, open bar parties for partners and industry people. Uh, but it also provided everyone else with endless footage of increasingly awkward interactions between streamers and their fans. It's so nice to have faces to put to the uh, the names in the, the chats for these streamers. Hello, Amaranth. Will you please step on me? Oh, God. Uh, but it was one booth in particular that got the most coverage this weekend, and it wasn't for the reason that they'd hoped. In the convention center for TwitchCon, there was a jousting area sponsored by Lenovo, where people could safely battle each other. American Gladiators. On platforms above uh, a foam pit. Uh, in theory, everyone has a good time. You know, you get knocked off, you fall into the plush foam below, you get up and you go on with your day. Unfortunately, not a lot of thought was put into the idea past foam is soft because the foam pit area was dangerously shallow and people were reportedly hitting the ground underneath it with ease throughout the day. Uh, the person who got it worse was, of course, adult film actress and Twitch streamer Adriana Chechik, who jumped off the platform and landed on her tailbone right through the foam into the ground smack, causing yeah. her to roll around in pain while exclaiming, I can't get up, 
All while an announcer for the area says, no, no, she's fine. <laughs> yeah, we can't show the actual footage because it doesn't belong to us. And it's also like pretty horrifying when you know what, what is happening. Yeah. It's like, oh, God. Yeah, she really she jumped in the absolute perfect pose if you are trying to break your back. But yeah, links are always down below in the description. So Adriana and Twitch's worst fears came true after an x-ray revealed that she had broken her back in two places and would be getting surgery to insert a rod in for support. Um, again, she wasn't the only one to get hurt in the foam pit as numerous people started showing off their battle scars from the weekend, including one woman who dislocated her knee and was given a wheelchair and one guy who looks like he completely broke his ankle. Fuck. Yeah. People on site reported that the foam pit was less than knee high deep and uh, yeah, I mean, if you can easily and fully stand up in a foam pit, that's dangerous. That means you could jump down and touch the ground. That is literally what it means. Have you ever done uh, jumped into a foam pit? I don't believe I have. So when I was a kid, they used to have them for skateboarding and bikes. You could try to do stunts into it. Uh. And you'd have to, they're literally so deep, you have to have a rope to climb out yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. But they're very popular in uh, trampoline parks. So the, yeah, that makes sense. the generation just below us, yeah. the younger millennials and the older zillennials, they're, uh, they have experience with these things. But yes, <laughs> imagine going to a, uh, like a trampoline park and, and you're jumping off a platform and you see people just walking like the foam's coming to their ankles. You're not going to want to go in there. No. So, um, yeah, we assume that a, a lawsuit against TwitchCon and Lenovo is coming. And I believe that Adriana girl was, like, publicly being like, hey, uh, if you were also injured, please uh, yeah. please submit your information to me for something I'm working on over here. If you've got a broken back and mesothelioma. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, for the love of God, people, just because you signed a waiver, it doesn't mean it absolves the booth or event of any guilt or responsibility. Like, There's clearly negligence in yeah. the setup of the booth. Like, you can't create something that's unsafe and then have people sign a waiver. Yeah. I mean, in th the waiver is for inherent risk. If you go skydiving, right. obviously there is inherent risk. Right. But uh, they have to at least create an environment that somewhat attempts to be safe. Anyways, uh, aside from the bo the broken back and also Megan the Stallion twerking on Master Chief, it was a pretty uneventful TwitchCon from an outsider's perspective, which is probably the best. And it was uneventful, surprisingly, considering that half of the fucking website was at each other's throats for the better part of a month just before the event happened. It was truly a September to remember. And we're sure that <laughs> Twitch is happy that it didn't spill out over into October because... October is time for super spooky spinal surgery. And they're going to be paying for it. But we do have more coming up for you in just a second, including some context that makes Jeff Bezos's champagne showers even more horrific than they already sound. But first, let's take a quick moment and thank today's sponsor, HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients, and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. You can skip the trips down to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. With HelloFresh, ingredients travel from the farm to your doorstep in less than seven days, so you know they're fresh. Plus, pre-portioned ingredients make cooking a snap and cut down on food waste. Have your pumpkin spice and eat it too with a rotating selection of fall-inspired items from HelloFresh Market. From brunch kits to a fall dessert board, you'll find everything you need for all your favorite autumn occasions like tailgating, Oktoberfest, and more. We're big fans of the quick 20-minute one-pan recipes that HelloFresh offers, and next week's menu has the one-pan Santa Fe pork tacos with Monterey Jack and cilantro lime slaw, which is also available with chicken and shrimp, and the one-pan cheesy beef tortilla melts. 
not only do these look delicious, but uh, doing the dishes afterwards will be a total breeze. The the uh, the rice and meat dishes, uh, so easy, so quick, very, very fun easy. to do. So go to HelloFresh.com slash TodayDaily65 and use code TodayDaily65 for 65% off plus free shipping. Again, that's code TodayDaily65 at HelloFresh.com slash TodayDaily65 for 65% off plus free shipping. All right, back into the news now. And, and of course, you'll remember when uh, William Shatner went into space on Jeff Bezos's big blue rocket, right? Well, it, it really seemed like a profound moment for the Star Trek actor who is now in his 90s. A moment that was immediately ruined by Jeff Bezos popping a bottle of champagne and spraying it all over everyone in celebration. And when this all first happened, we pointed out how ridiculous the situation was. I mean, even at face value, here you have an aging actor experiencing one of the most awe-inspiring things that anyone could imagine, and having it take place at the end of a wildly successful life, on board a rocket ship built by a billionaire who made his money inventing a website that sold books online. But on top of that, you have the fact that any normal person would have a monumentally profound experience and would be feeling pretty overwhelmed seconds after landing safely yeah, back on here on Earth. You would, you would hope so. Uh, only to then have cameras and microphones shoved into your face and a bottle of booze popped and sprayed on you amidst the chaos. I mean, we felt bad for him, honestly. Uh, a little. I mean, he did get to go to space, but... Yeah, it was kind of an emotional experience. I, I, yeah, and he's he's known to be a bit of a, a big old jerk. But yeah, I was like, give this man his moment. Yeah. What are you doing? And that's without mentioning that William Shatner literally lost his wife to alcoholism. Um, so spraying him down with alcohol after this kind of moment, probably not the best. But we'll assume that Bezos had no idea. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not a great look just from that angle alone. But... Months later, uh, it, it actually gets worse because even though people give us shit for projecting our own thoughts and emotions and fears onto others while watching them experience an extremely rare and specific slice of life, turns out Shatner was actually miserable when Bezos sprayed him down. Uh, he did have a profound experience up there, but the entire experience filled him with, quote, overwhelming sadness <laughs> and, and, quote, felt like a funeral. Uh, not, the, not the good, bad trip. Yeah. Not the good kind of ego death. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So upon reading his thoughts, uh, yeah, he experienced some really heavy shit up there while everyone else was just tossing around balls and doing somersaults. And he explained these feelings in a new book. Uh, here's some excerpts of the book from Variety. With all the attending noise, fire, and fury, we lifted off. I could see Earth disappearing. As we ascended, I was at once aware of pressure. Gravitational forces pulling at me. And then, suddenly, relief. No Gs. Zero. Weightlessness. We were floating. We got out of our harnesses and began to float around. The other folks went straight into somersaults and enjoying all the effects of weightlessness. I wanted no part in that. I wanted, needed, to get to the window as quickly as possible to see what was out there. I looked down and I could see the hole that our spaceship had punched in the thin, blue-tinged layer of oxygen around Earth. It was as if there was a wake trailing behind where we had just been, and just as soon as I'd noticed it, it disappeared. By the way, we, we do want to say you should absolutely read the whole excerpt from this book because there's a lot more that we can't share because of time, and you should just go read it. But again, links in the description. But uh, he continues adding, I continued my self-guided tour and turned my head to face the other direction, to stare into space. I love the mystery of the universe. I love all the questions that have come to us over thousands of years of exploration and hypothesis. Stars exploding years ago, their light traveling to us years later, black holes absorbing energy, satellites showing us entire galaxies and areas thought to be devoid of matter entirely. All of that has thrilled me for years. But when I looked into the opposite direction, into space, there was no mystery. 
no majestic awe to behold. All I saw was death. I saw a cold, dark, black emptiness. It was unlike any blackness you can see or feel on Earth. It was deep, enveloping, all-encompassing. I turned back towards the light of home. I could see the curvature of Earth, the beige of the desert, the white of the clouds, and the blue of the sky. It was life, nurturing, sustaining life. Mother Earth, Gaia, and I was leaving her. Everything I had thought was wrong. Everything I had expected to see was wrong. I discovered that the beauty isn't out there. It's down here with all of us. Leaving that behind made my connection to our tiny planet even more profound. It was among the strongest feelings of grief I have ever encountered. The contrast between the vicious coldness of space and the warm nurturing of Earth below filled me with overwhelming sadness. Every day we are confronted with the knowledge of further destruction of Earth at our hands, the extinction of animal species, of flora and fauna, things that took five billion years to evolve, and suddenly we will never see them again because of the interference of mankind. It filled me with dread. My trip to space was supposed to be a celebration. Instead, it felt like a funeral. Fuck. That's exactly how I imagine people yeah. should feel. Yeah. Especially people who are not trained astronauts. Yeah. Who haven't trained for this moment for their entire lives to experience. It is insane. Humans are not supposed to experience that. I'm happy that we are. Yeah. But it's something that's not natural. In an interview with the Washington Post, Shatner added that after exiting the spacecraft upon returning to Earth, he touched the ground and then wept, saying, everybody else was shaking bottles of champagne, and it was quite a sense of accomplishment. And I didn't feel that way at all. I was not celebrating. I was, I don't know, shaking my fist at the gods. Jesus. And if hearing all of this made you emotional for the old guy, yes, that's what we've been trying to say. Mm -hmm. oh, Bezos is sending people up to have experiences that they might not be prepared for mentally because it is so unnatural and so profound. It's like he's the first guy to find out about psychedelic drugs, so he just starts passing them out to all of his friends with no explanation of what tripping is, and then sprays them with champagne when their vision finally starts to vibrate. <laughs> yeah. He's basically doing what the CIA did in the 1960s yeah. when, when they found LSD. But it's like, imagine you're just with a friend who's just like, hey, I, I found these were uh, growing in, uh, in the ground. We should try them. I know what they do, but you don't. You have an idea of what they mm. do, but you don't know what they're really going to do. And it might fuck you up. And yeah. like, that's the only way that I can even think to start imagining the feeling of floating in outer space. It has yeah. to be like a psychedelic trip. Or at least as profound as one. If you if you embrace it and, and not just like somersaults around and shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, I just blowing it, your one opportunity in space. The, the contrast of the young, how the young people have yeah. so far enjoyed their experience in in space versus the people who are well aware that they are going to die very soon is. Uh, People, I hope, are studying this because it is fascinating. It's fascinating. So, yeah, I mean, maybe it's it's best that people just occupy themselves with doing somersaults and ball tossing up there because, yeah, <laughs> looking out the window, it's like it's like that movie uh, with, with Sandra Bullock. Uh, is, Gravity? No, the one where it's like uh, you're not supposed to look at it because oh, it makes you go crazy. Oh, uh, yeah, the Netflix movie. Well, Shatner actually compared it, I believe, at one, in one of the interviews to Contact with Jodie Foster. They should have sent an actor. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah. But uh, let's wind down this episode with some stories that are a little less heady than the last one. Uh, first up, we have absolutely no idea how we are going to benefit from this or integrate it into some kind of growth strategy, but YouTube has debuted Handles. 
Much like every other social media platform, YouTube is now providing channels with a shorthand, easy to use and tag way for creators to represent themselves and potentially grow their audience further. Basically, channels will get a handle that matches their channel name so that no one can snipe those names, or you can choose a new handle if it's available. Then people can tag your channel across the platform by typing in the at symbol and then your channel's name. Um, seems like it would uh, be annoying for some channels, but also beneficial for others. I don't know. Here's uh, the official YouTube blog with uh, an example of why this is beneficial. For example, creators can be shouted out in a mention in comments or tagged in the title of a recent collab, helping them increase visibility and reach with new audiences. Handles join channel names as another way to identify a YouTube channel. But unlike channel names, handles are truly unique to each channel, so creators can further establish their distinct presence and brand on YouTube. So they say they're rolling this out gradually, so you have no idea when it'll be widely adopted and available to us mm -hmm. plebs. But uh, any new feature is welcome, I guess, because for a while we weren't sure if YouTube was working on debuting any new features. This seemed like it was kind of on autopilot. Yeah, and you know, this is a this is one where I'm like, at the very least, it doesn't mess with anything. Usually, when they de debut a new feature, it's like, oh, look, we've pulled one wire and the whole thing fell apart. Yeah. This one's like, how could they screw this up? I mean, they might, but you know, I mean, I can think of one way they could screw it up. Uh, and it's unintentional. It's the same thing that happened with like the really sought after names on Instagram, where people were a. <laughs> where people were literally like harassed. Yeah. Uh, There's a whole uh, community of hackers solely dedicated to just getting uh, simple yeah, usernames, the, the rare, uh, the OG usernames. Yeah. Huh. But uh, finally today, we have a dumb story that we're only talking about because it reminds us of those. Classic Pace Picante Salsa commercials. And Elliot, I'm going to let you take this one because you do it so well. New York City! <laughs> no city boys know nothing about real Texas heat. Get the rope. <laughs> well, art mimics reality once again, though this time it has nothing to do with New York City. But Texans are still upset at other states for appropriating their spicy food items. Uh, the makers of Texas Pete Hot Sauce are now facing a lawsuit because their product is made in North Carolina! North Carolina! <laughs> uh, <laughs> here's USA Today. A man has filed a class action lawsuit against Texas Pete Hot Sauce after he learned the product isn't made in Texas. Instead, the product is made in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, which the lawsuit claims is false advertising. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, when California resident Philip White purchased a bottle of Texas Pete at a Ralph's supermarket in September 2021. Wait, this guy doesn't even live in Texas. Yeah, what the hell? Uh, he believed it was made in Texas, according to the complaint filed by the Clarkson Law Firm on behalf of White on September 12th in Los Angeles Federal Court. <laughs> the lawsuit said White wouldn't have bought the Louisiana-style hot sauce or would not have paid as much for it if he knew its origin. So it's not even Texas-style, it's Louisiana-style. I'm telling you, there's too many la too many very stupid yeah. layers in this. The complaint alleges the makers knowingly capitalized on consumers' desire to partake in the culture and authentic cuisine of one of the most prideful states in America. <laughs> My brother, you just admitted that it's not Texas hot sauce. You admitted it's Louisiana style. Uh, no, you don't understand. People want an authentic I Texas want experience. Texas style, Louisiana style. I, hey, look, up. Louisiana made it. Texans perfected it, as usual. Yeah, okay. Yeah. The product's label uses distinctly Texan imagery, including the famed white lone star from the Texan flag, together with a lassoing cowboy, the complaint says. 
But despite that, there is surprisingly nothing Texas about them, it says. If a consumer conducted an extremely close review of the product's back labels, nothing would overcome the reasonable impression given by the front label that the products are indeed made in Texas, the complaint argues. The plaintiffs are asking the court to force T.W. Garner Food Company to pay for damages and change its name and branding. <laughs> North Carolina Pete, more like. <laughs> Carolina Pete's is a fine name. Yeah. And also, Carolina is known for their delicious sauces. Yeah. Uh, and their extremely hot peppers. Yeah. They could do a Carolina Reaper version. But why? At that point, when your Scoville units are over 10,000, what are you doing? Who's eating this shit? Who's eating this shit other than to say that they did? Wait a second. This sriracha's made in Irwindale? <laughs> well, I'm never buying this again. And I'm suing the company. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, that is the the most popular uh, Asian hot sauce in America is made in just some shitty like East LA, uh, just a complete town. industrial wasteland. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's an area that is it, it it's an industrial area, and the people, the few people that like do like live there, complain like, about it. It smells like <laughs> hot sauce all day long. Because <laughs> yeah. they when they started out, I don't know how they're even still in that same location because they their production must be up like times a hundred compared to like when they started. Yeah. Because it's just like a family owned business. It's like Hoi Fong Foods. Yeah. Just some dude like, oh, I came up with this hot sauce recipe. I'm gonna, maybe people want it. I don't well, know. I don't know, we'll see. And now it's like- they People fucking... show up with like cap hats and like yeah. sriracha shirts. But uh, yeah, I mean, it. all things considered, it is better than living downwind from the Farmer John plant in Downey or whatever it is, yeah. or City of Industry or whatever it is. Because apparently that is just smells like death. <laughs> it's literally just death. The yeah. scent of death wafting through South oh, LA. Well. Anyways, uh, in case you missed it, and you want to smell something even grosser. Oh, Rudy is stinky. Rudy, what the hell did you do in there? <laughs> Rudy, it smells like you died in that bathroom. Uh, stinky Rudy and more uh, not-so-fun Trump factoids included in our most weekly, or our most recent episode of Weekly Weird News. And then uh, on Friday's episode, we explain what is and what isn't included in Dank Brandon's new weed policy. Yeah, you're just going to have to find out. Yeah, you'll have to watch the episode. I mean, you should be watching it anyway. Hit those links, subscribe to the channel, leave a comment, click the join button, do whatever you want. Do whatever the hell you want. But, but stick around, because we'll see you soon for some tech news. Yep. Bye. Bye.